Welcome back. Jeff Cutico Podcast. Dennis Parker, Jr., sports editor of the Standard Banner, joined again by uh, Jefferson County Director of Communications, Bryson Jurek. Time gets bigger every day. I love it. All Coach right. of the Year, <laughs> Director of Communications. I'll, I'll keep adding on to it. I'll find different things. Um, glad to be back. Um, just to go over some things. Obviously, football just ended its playoff run. Yeah. Hate that it ended where it did, but still a great season by those guys. Absolutely. And that game, you know, I mean, what it was a good game. It was a really good game for high school football being televised. And I heard a lot of people that, you know, outside of the community watching the game, they were talking about just how, I mean, how great it was. It really did live up to the expectations. And, you know, um, I know it wasn't the result that everybody was hoping for, but I think it was a good way for those seniors to go out fighting hard to the last minutes. I mean, I had people asking me leading up to it, you know, what kind of game is it going to be? And I said, it's going to be like Jeff County. It's going to be Jeff County yeah. looking in a mirror, basically. And I think it's fitting that literally comes down to a 50-yard field goal to decide a winner. Yeah, yeah I, I was telling, you know, all my all my students asking me all week, you know, talking about how the game's going to go. And I, I, I told most of them, I really have a feeling that whoever has the ball last is going to have the chance to win. Now, are they, are they going to be able to or not? And, we kind of saw that, you know, fighting down on the very last second. So, yeah. Great game. Great season by those guys. Uh, obviously a lot to be proud of. Mm-hmm. To a little more sadder news, um, Zach Reese stepping down as baseball coach. Uh, right. Your brother-in-law, you want to you wanna take the wheel on this yeah, one? Yeah, it's the end of an era. Um, yeah, he's my, he's my half-brother. Um, got the same mom. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, it's, been a, it's been a family ordeal for, for a long time. You know, I think it's just uh, – I think he's gotten to the point now where he wants to, you know, one, make sure that he leaves the program in good standings. You know, we've got uh, Tennessee commit Bo Reward still stepping up. Um, we got a lot of we got a lot of depth as far as pitchers and batters go. I think he, he knows that, you know, he wants to leave it good for the next next person up to up to the plate as far as being the coach is. But it's time to you know, step back and look at family matters and. And that's what you know. He's he's had to spend. It's, it's occupied a lot of lot a lot of time, and he wants to be uh, more be more of a family man now, and got to respect him for it. Well, even talking to him, I mean, he even brought up, you know, I mean, if a kid wants to stay thirty minutes after and throw mm-hmm. for a little bit, I mean, it's hard to tell him no, especially when you're exactly. trying to build a winning baseball culture. And by yeah. far, he did. I mean, mm-hmm. they accomplished so much under in his time here. Uh, I mean all but I think two full seasons they ended up finishing with 20 wins mm-hmm. minimum yeah and you're not going to find many places especially in you know a more rural area like this yeah. that can accomplish that year in and year out yeah exactly I mean you, you, you talk about the story baseball programs of course you look at Farragut and places like that places out in West Knoxville that bring in a lot of outside people but to, to do what, what are you has, trying to say I ain't trying to say anything right now <laughs> nobody's listening um, but I mean they do a great job over there at Farragut. But to do what you, what we, you know, what, what the program has done in the last years at, at a place like Jefferson County, it, it, it's it's special. It really is. Um, and carrying on the success, you know, I mean Coach Holland made a, made a legacy here, and not, you know, a, a lot of people might be, you know, how do we how, how do we work with that? How do we work in the shadow of that? But to just keep building the program, and uh, I, you know, for whoever's next up, I. I see that trend continuing, absolutely. Well, and of course, it's got a couple of assistants that are still around, Trey mm-hmm. Potts and Zach Long, that have been there since the beginning with Zach. How much do you think that that's going to help, especially with, you know, the, I mean, we're just months away from baseball season starting. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know that you're going to get a head coach in before the season starts. If you do, it's going to be really rushed. So, essentially, you're probably thinking those two guys take over. Mm-hmm. How much do you think that that continuity, at least in this type of situation, is going to help? I think it's going to help a lot. Very important. I mean, obviously, this is uh, this news breaking yesterday, uh, making it official uh, to the team and to the school, and you know, a lot of emotions going around. But just being able to, you know, take those emotions away, and you got you got two rocks still that have been there for for the longest time. They've been through the program. They've helped build up that culture. And to be able to fall back on those guys, I think it's going to be very important, especially for a lot of the talent that we have. Uh, that consistency, you know, um, hopefully hopefully that continues for sure. Well, I enjoyed working with uh, Coach Reese over the last couple of years I've been here. Um, one of my – I mean, I, I really don't have a dead set favorite coach. I mean, they, they're all 
great to work with. You're all mm-hmm. great to work with, you included. Um, but, you know, wish him nothing but the best and, uh, you know, hope to still see him around. Absolutely, um, yeah. You mentioned a uh, D1 baseball commit that they've got, uh, Bo Reward. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got another D1 commit in the Jeff yep. County family. and Just announced. That, mm-hmm. That'll kind of lead us into our guests. So, um, Coach Bill DeLosier, Coach Adam Shockley, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, obviously, some big news for uh, your track program. Uh, Lisa Longmire going on, uh, just signed with Duke uh, to compete for their throwing team. Um, you know, just share some of your thoughts on that. I'll go ahead. First off, uh, it's a crazy journey she's been on since we first saw her in middle school doing that stuff. Her recruiting has been uh, nothing, nothing short of special between what she's done with her Ivy League schools and or other D1 programs that we've looked at and stuff. But uh, once she got to Duke and she felt there, she really felt that D1 experience in the recruiting visit and the trip all together, the comfort with the coaching staff. And so she was pretty set when we talked uh, about two weeks ago. We had a family talk, and she really liked what had gone on there. So had a feeling it was going to be Duke and doing that. Coach Shockley, you've worked more closely with her uh, as far as the throwing aspect on the track and field team. I mean, what does it mean to you to see see someone not only off to the college level, but off to such a high level uh, in the sport? Just shows you that you know hard work pays off. Like <clears throat> her dad shared a video to us just a minute ago, and it's like her middle school throw was not pretty. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I tell people I, from day one, even this year, I'll start out in the basic throws position, uh, but. Once she gets going, she's going to be something. It's going to have to be something special this year. But her recruiting—I mean, it, it started probably two years ago. Um, she went to some colleges: Tiffin, Tiffin's the D two power school, and uh, throws Ashland. Uh, she went up there. They loved her. Um, They—I think they wanted to offer her then. Um, so she went back on the camp tours this year, and. Uh, I reached out, let's see, I reached out to Duke in June, and uh, they loved her. Um, and uh, see, actually, Penn actually reached out to me in May, and they they, li- they liked her, they offered her, but they she didn't want to go to Penn, so that's when Dartmouth jumped in. Uh, Dartmouth gave her a pretty good offer. Um, coach loved her. Uh, then uh, Coach Martin, Curtis Martin, he's at Louisville, she just got off the official visit Tuesday from Louisville with Coach Martin. He's a world-class thrower. And um, like you said, Coach Lord said, Duke, Duke was family for her. Uh, me and the coach talk every now and then. I send my workouts, and he's like, yeah, I just changed this. I, I adjust what she's going to do in our workout program to what he's going to build on her. Um, so if you look at the numbers-wise, she could be the top top thrower going in from day one, uh, which is big. And um, now I tell, I tell all of our athletes, Give me a list. I don't care if it's Oregon or Tennessee or Florida. I'll reach out to them. I mean, we start, you know, start from top, and I work my way down. And uh, she did that, and she's heading off to Duke now. So you go down that list of schools that that not only she was interested in, but showed a lot of interest in her back. And I mean, obviously, you know, a, a two-time state champion now in both discus and um, shot put after last year. So obviously you know the athletic side is there, but I mean, obviously that shows that the academics are there too. And I mean, you mentioned all those Ivy League schools and you know, Duke itself might as well be an Ivy League school with some with its academic standards as well. Well, we see when we do that, and, and first off, Coach Shockley does a great job reaching out to the schools and stuff. I sort of just try to clean it up at the end and, and offer a little guidance from there, you know, from I guess sage advice being the elderly statesman <laughs> at this point, but we uh, he does such a great job in those schools and reaching out. We've got, of course, at this point, we've got tons of kids in our junior and senior class that are going to be college athletes, so we're just loaded there. And Alyssa is just the first of many that we want to see, and, and it's neat to see the relationships that we have across the area, across the region, actually nationally, with uh, different groups there. The, the throws schools that we talk about, he talks about Tiffin and Ashland. They've got more Olympic trials folks than any D1 school that you can ever find. So that's where we started, what we built. And we had a couple of guys previously, Tristan 
Bowman, Dominic Schrader, both have both been on. We've been on Zoom calls during COVID with those schools, and and just had a lot of stuff that we had, you know, built up already good relationships, and so it makes it easy for them if we know they want to go to that school. Um, track program has been so successful over the last several years. Um, cross country program has come a long way just these last few years that you that you've taken over it, and uh, obviously that got capped again this year with another trip for the boys to the state for the state championships. Uh, I mean, Coach Lozier, just from your end, I mean, you said after you took um, after you took Lucas Bales to the state tournament, the year the state championship, the, the, your first year. Hey, we're going to take the whole team next year. Uh, you accomplished that, and then you come back this year and said we're aiming for top ten. Came one spot shy of that, but still, I mean, you see the trajectory of this program just in the last three years. What has that been like from your end? It's a different mindset. I don't come from a distance background as far as my coaching experience. I'm probably least effective as a distance coach. Believe it or not, doing that. It doesn't show. Yeah, no, not, not getting there at all. But, but the philosophy we took from day one is we're going to get stronger and faster. And so we train fast, we work hard, we and we put everything we do has a purpose and there's a plan to it on how we, how we use strategies. I pulled from every coach that I know, because most of the coaches in our area are distance coaches that bring that back down. I'm a different way. I'm, I'm more of a multiple events coach, jumps, jumps hurdle specialist type stuff, all the vertical horizontal. So I just take, and Coach Shockley takes what we know about, just what we call functional mobility, put it into that, teach them how to run better, how to run faster, and then they put the mileage in. You've got to have the mindset where you're going to put the mileage in. And that's what we've got in this bunch of boys, especially right now. How, I mean, how much of it is, I mean, you come in, how much of it is just, I don't know, how much of it is teaching, how much of it is coaching, how much of it is timing? Because, I mean, like you said, with, the, with these three guys right now, with Connor and the Slagle twins, I mean, obviously they're top of the charts pretty much every time that they go out. But at the same time, you see those times decrease year over year at the same course. I mean, it's just how much is it of each? A lot A lot of what we did right now is just timing. A lot of it's luck. We, we stumbled on a couple of kids. Nobody knew who Connor Hodgson was coming in. Connor wasn't, wasn't very good, to be honest. Okay, We had no idea. We saw him his freshman year. He was okay. You know, He was running over 19 minutes as a freshman. Didn't think much of it. And that was at the end of the year. So we said, okay, he's going to be all right in doing that stuff. We knew Gavin and Gage were pretty good. They were solid. And Connor just took it and made it his. And then it's, he's never looked back since then. And it's a great competition. It's a great problem to have to have three guys that are that quality. It also pulls the rest of them along. They hold each other to a standard that we can't hold them to. As coaches, they hold each other to it. And that's made it more fun than anything else. And we're going to see that start to happen in our girls' program as well, I think. So. Well, I mean, nothing is more impressive to me. I mean, you guys go to state, and I know we already talked about just how fast that state meet was this year, not just for you guys, but for everybody. But to see, I mean, you talk about, you know, those three pulling guys along, and you see Thomas Yells cut his time from last year by like two minutes. You see Joshua Giles cut his time by three minutes, and this is at the same course, same time of year and everything. I just, what's different? What was different from your aspect of it? For them, I think the fact that they were seniors, it hit home with about four or five weeks left in the season. And we had those kind of talks. It didn't hit Josh really till I guess, right after our conference meet, getting ready for the, for the uh, region meet. And we had a good talk about you know, you've had goals forever, you're a senior, it's done, I said. This could be your last one at the region meet. What are you going to do? How are you going to go out right now? And fortunate enough, he ran a great, he ran a great, had a great day at the region meet doing that stuff. He would have helped us really get through the tiebreaker had we got down to that as close as it was a tiebreaker. You go back to that next place, and he would have had it covered for us. We were tickled to death to see that. And then he just turned it loose to state. It clicked in the week and a half from there. It absolutely hit. He trained differently than he'd ever done in his life, and went there and he just ran. And he ran great. And I told, and I looked him in the face before he went out the first time doing that stuff. I said, it's time for you to be a senior. And he took off, and he did that. And it meant something to him. And, and it, he was very emotional the other night at our, at our little uh, celebration. And you could tell it meant something to him about what's there. 
He's already jumping back out. He's training like crazy. And so it's a mindset for them more than anything else. I, I, I don't think you can really train somebody to enjoy running 60 miles a week. It's, it's not <laughs> anything I'm familiar with. I would always shoot the gun and tell the guys that run the two miles at our track meets. I said, I have seen no reason once you go around this one time why you'd want to do it more than once. <laughs> and so I've had to change my ways. In a hurry, so. um, you mentioned you're, you're, you're not a distance guy. So whenever this opportunity came available three years ago, what made you want to step up and be like, yeah, I'll leave the cross-country program, sure. It's a crazy story. Okay. And so I was uh, – I decided I was going to step down out of football, come out of that, take the time, try to put more focus in the track and field program and go in there. But I was actually going to work with the distance guys at some point and go in that during track and field season, try to put more emphasis into those folks. This was on a Wednesday, I can remember. I had <laughs> typed up a resignation letter, had it ready, going to do that stuff. We're having our football banquet that night, and I'm going to go bring this and have a talk with Coach Riley afterwards. And he knew I was a year-to-year thing. We had talked about that from day one. I've known Spencer all his life. And uh, so that evening, I was going to give that to him and sure enough at the banquet. That afternoon, our former coach, Coach E, Coach Aaron Clough, comes to me and says, I just want to let you know that I, I met w- with Mr. Rogers today and that I'm going to step down as a cross-country coach. That's a sign. And so I went and talked to those folks that afternoon said, hey, if we can find somebody, if I can find a coach that you might be comfortable with, okay, I'll let you know what's there. And they said, you got somebody in mind? I said, oh, yeah, I've got somebody in mind. <laughs> and uh, they went there. And you knew him pretty personally, didn't you? I said, that's what I said. And they said, well, who do you think it is? I said, and I went and asked their permission. I wasn't going to do it unless they wanted me to do it. So I went and asked the kids at the time their permission, would you, would you be okay if I became your cross-country and your distance coach? And they were pretty excited about doing that. So crazy story that night was take the letter of that said there's a reason why I'm doing this today Spencer I said everything's lined up so just like he's been since I've known him forever you know we we, we did it man to man took care of it and everything's worked out since then I mean you've been a journeyman basically throughout this school throughout multiple sports how many sports have you coached here uh here at Jefferson County, uh, at the high school, I've just had track and field, cross country, and football. At the middle school level, <laughs> let's see. Now, I did help a little bit. I, I was the summer baseball coach. Baseball was my thing, playing through that stuff. And Zach Reese played baseball for me. Trey, Trey Potts played baseball for me. Wow, nice. Zach Long played basketball for me. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So they all played basketball. They played baseball. All right, so I coached. I was track and field, baseball football and athletic director at Mari. So wow. That was, a, that was an interesting couple of years. You said something about basketball before we started, too. Who'd you coach from basketball? Ah, a couple of people doing that stuff. So Anybody stick out? Oh, Anybody notable? Some guy, maybe some guy named T.O., Terrence Oglesby. Okay. Doing that stuff. Not a bad guy doing that stuff. He's mentioned me in a couple of articles. I remember telling him <laughs> in sixth grade that if he planned on having any pro aspirations, he better learn to play defense. <laughs> so he still he would still mention that to this day. And if I see T.O. tomorrow, he's going to go, Coach, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, one of those guys, I was very fortunate, you know, to have Terrence there. It, I was sort of like you'd look at how Dean Smith held Michael Jordan back. I did a very good job of holding Terrence back the same way. So, <laughs> so you can look at it. At least he would take it. In fact, there you go. Uh, speaking of journeyman and Adam, I, I told you this before. Like I wanted to get you on this because you you've got a story that I'm very interested in hearing. I want to talk about some of your stops, and then I want to talk about how you wound up here in Jefferson All County. Right. He knew this was coming. I knew, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say, uh, played at Morristown West, played fullback at Morristown West on the state runner-up team. Graduated there, went to Austin P. Um, I had a couple of looks D one wise, but I hurt my shoulder. Um, Virginia Tech and bit wanted me, but since I saw my shoulder brace on me, they offered me a preferred walk on, so I took Austin P offer. Uh, three year starter, four year letterman, uh, made the transition from the Pioneer Football League, which is the non scholarship, to the OVC. Uh, 
got a business degree and I uh, did not know what, what I wanted to do, so I got my master's degree at Eastern Kentucky. From there, uh, got the, I reached out to the late Carl Torbush and he gave me the opportunity to intern at Mississippi State. Uh, went down there summer of 2009 and Torbush said, hey, do whatever you want to. I said, okay. So I worked under him uh, when he needs needed me. I worked director for operations under him, which he's Jody Wright. He's now at South Carolina. He was Nick Saban's right hand man for six years with the Giants. After Saban, then went to South Carolina. After that, um, worked with recruiting. Worked under uh, Rocky Felker, director of player development down there, worked under Tony Hughes, which I mean, he may be the interim head coach at Mississippi State, I don't know, he, since Zach Arnett got fired. Mm -hmm. um, then I worked under Matt Bayless, the head strength coach there. Then uh, at fun times at the, Mullen looked at me one day and said, hey, you got Cam Newton. So I walked with Cam Newton during his official visit. Uh, he walked across the field. Wait, wait. You you, you were part of the, the, the no, Kim? No, I, I, I was not. I was not. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we were about to go off the rails. <laughs> we were. So you got to experience last night. National Trinity Podcast episode right here. Okay. All right. Go ahead. So, so um, yeah, Cam Newton walked across the field, and Houston Nutt was over there, and Coach Mullen said, no neck. They call me no neck down there. Uh, he said, you got him. So I walked across there and stood right beside Cam Newton the whole time. Um, yeah, let's see. What else? Uh, I think we may be one of the first schools that sort of changed out how they uh, sat on the sideline. We uh, I, we would look to the field, but our boards would be press box above there behind us, and the boards would be right in front of us, so they can see from the press box what we're doing. So then we switched it around. Uh, ESPN game, we switched it. With, we played Florida uh, with Dan Mullen and Tim Tebow there and Urban Meyer there. Aaron Andrews came up. He's like, hey, why do you have the boards facing this way? Your players are looking at the fans. I said, well, they can see what we're doing. So, uh, yeah, I got to talk to Aaron Andrews that night, fun times. Um, <laughs> but um, after that, I mean, I was living, well, I was getting. I wasn't getting paid, so I came back up to Tennessee. Uh, worked at D1 Sports, then uh, met my wife there. Then uh, Tennessee, I started substituting. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do this. Um, so I was at Tennessee, had a position open. I worked with strength condition coach Sarah Ron McKeefrey. He's now with the Washington Huskies. So then, uh, yeah, that's where I got to hang out with the quarterbacks and the linebackers and um, good old coaches there. <laughs> Which coaches in particular? Well, let's see. I, I've told you the story. Coach Chaney, Jim Chaney, mm -hmm. he, he chewed my butt a little bit. I was supposed to be filming, um, tied in. And I'm like, Coach, I'm not a filmer. I'm a strength coach. And he dog cussed me left and right. And so I found a film, found a, a, a camera. And this is a three-hour practice and about – Two and a half hours in, I put the camera down, and he found me again, and dog cussed me again. <laughs> okay, all right. So then, uh, yeah, that, that's good times. And coach, coach Lance Thompson, he had some good stories. I don't know if I want to bring that up, but he would come in. He had some people, and Kid Rock was one of them. He got to hang out with Kid Rock. Came in about five o'clock the next morning and said, "Coach, I need some help on the morning runs." I said, "I got you, Coach." Okay. So then. Um, those were the two coaches that, well, Coach McKeefrey, he helped me out. Then uh, Barry Kane, he was actually, I still talk to him weekly. He is with the, he's been there since 95. He's been, yeah, he's been through everything. Uh, so another another guy I got to hang out with, Tyler Bray. Tyler Bray has been probably one of the most athletic quarterbacks. You were Tyler Bray's personal assistant. I was. <laughs> Buddy, I, I wish I could have been. So, like, on morning runs, you had your list. So, at Tennessee, each rack had a strength coach, graduate assistant, or an intern. Uh, since I was with quarterbacks, I had a head strength, head, or strength coach. He is now a strength coach at Florida State, Steve Gordon maker, maker. And basically, I was 
I did all his lap work. So I would have had, so in more runs, your players had to be there. And I would call Tom Brady several times in morning runs. And Coach, I said, overslept. Okay, you need to talk to Coach McCaffrey and Coach Dooley. But anyways, <laughs> uh, one, one good morning, or one good practice was uh, Tyler Bray came to, comes in and goes, Coach, I can't bench today. I said, all right, what'd you do? I laid by the pool, fell asleep. Let's just put it that way. I, I, I fell, <laughs> took a nap after a long evening, and, uh, and, my, and I, my back's as red as the Jeff County logo. And I was like, all right, Tyler, how are we going to do this? So we found something that could not hurt his back. Like, we, like he showed me his back, and it was bad. Like, it's I could feel the heat off of it. So, um, But, yeah, we, 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 we would adjust to Tyler Bray. Like, we did box squats, and Tyler Bray sits forward. Coach, I think squat down. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll put a box that sits feet for you, so you can just squat down for you. You know, so just just those little stories. But uh, yeah, I mean, then how I get here? Uh, shoot, I'm trying to think. Well, I think I was. I think actually, Coach Connell hired me on. I didn't have a job set, and uh, he's like, I mean, you're a Marshall West guy. So he said, oh, you are too. I mean, we're going to coach at Jeff Kent. He said, do you want to coach running backs? I said, yeah, yeah, I'll coach running backs. Um, so with that being said, I think our first meeting we had, Chad Cox said, I stepped down as strokes coach. And uh, the next one line was Coach Michael Manus. He said, Shockley's the youngest one here. He's got it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... But yeah, that's my journey. Um, worked three years as a teacher assistant here at the high school, and got hired full time at Dander Jones PE. So, yeah, that's what a oh, that's awesome. He's cool. Everywhere he's been all with over everybody. everybody. I, I said journeyman. Yeah, he is. Very yeah. And then anything that's anything from those stops. Anything that I mean, is there a moment or a time that really sticks out to you? I just think the experiences. I mean. I went down there, literally, I left Richmond, Kentucky at 7 p.m., moved, had my Jeep packed, everything, went down, went stayed at mom and dad's house in Morristown, left there at 4 a.m., got down to Starkville, Mississippi, checked my apartment complex and said, hey, I'm here, well, your, apartment, your apartment's not ready. Went to the campus and they put me to work. I worked till 11 p.m. on a football camp. And then I unpacked my car. Um, so, you know, we, we was five and six at Mississippi State that first year. We, we won the Egg Bowl. Uh, got to hang out with Anthony Dixon. I can remember it to this day. Cornerback set, skewing tackle him. He's six foot tall. Anthony Dixon put one foot to the ground and jumps over the guy, <laughs> scores a touchdown. Got to hold the Egg Bowl trophy. Um, like I said, it's, it's the experiences. I mean, I, I still look at one of my good buddies, Lou Carella. He's now at the University of Charlotte. He's the uh, strength coach there. He's got, I mean, he's the now an author. Um, just just being around all that, you know, hanging out with all those people, uh, seeing what they're doing in their life right now. Then, uh, you know, I look at Tennessee, and we, we, if you look at the 2011 roster, I mean, it's stacked. Uh, you don't have to remind me. <laughs> five offensive linemen in the NFL. You got Tyler, you got three quarterbacks at the time when I was there. Tyler Bray is one. Uh, Matt Sims. Uh, you know, I talk about Matt Sims. I mean, he is the most respectful person. I've, you know, as with his name. Sure. Thank you, Coach, for working out every day. You know, he'll see me just hanging out. He'll come talk to me. Uh, got Justin Worley. You know, I, you know, we talk about speed. Justin Hunter there over there, Derrick Rogers. Derrick's working out with the linebackers, <laughs> putting up their weight. I'm like, this guy is. And I'm looking behind me. Uh, oh, there's another story from Mississippi State. I don't know if, if you go back to 2009 and watch Mississippi State Florida game, we got a little tussle. Mm -hmm. And we come back, we get to midfield. And 
the grills over there, my base is right there, my back is turned towards Florida, I've turned around, and there's Brandon's box. He just sits about 250 linebacker. I'm like, Eddie tried gouging the dude's eye out from Georgia. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to get around this guy. I'm going to move over here. Like, but, you know, it's those experiences. I, and I can pass along. My son's right here. I can pass along with him. And uh, I still have connections down in Mississippi State. I can go down there anytime I want. But uh, just the experiences of doing all that. Now, do I want to go back? No, probably not. Three hundred hours and three three hundred hours and three weeks for my internship. You name, yeah. So the time, you know, with Coach Reese, I mean, it is time. It is. I mean, it's a lot of time. I, I tell people, don't you know? After the Missouri game, fire all these coaches. I mean, you're these coaches are you're missing out on so much. Uh, my wife passes the UT football facility every day. Hopple's there at five a.m. Wow. Yeah. So those football players, I, I dropped her off at 630, and I see Cooper Mays walking by, getting out of his truck. I mean, it's just the time spent. Would I want to go back? No. And, uh, you know, luckily Coach Lozier understands that, but with track and cross country, I mean, time's key. So, but yeah, those are, I mean, it's a fun time. Fun time. Yeah. You talk about getting the, hold the egg bowl, egg ball trophy and I mean obviously that's a huge deal for both those schools down there but you're not from that area but I can tell that that meant that moment meant a lot to you I mean how do you just get engulfed in that like just maybe not entrenched in that passion that that culture that they've got down there I think that once you get down there you just I mean I tell people if you go to Mississippi State it's like Jeff County all over it's just a big big college in one town but once you get in there, like, I mean, you're there, you're with the players, you're with the coaches from sun up to sundown, and, I mean, it don't matter where you're from. I think once you get down there, you, you can feel the excitement, you can feel the passion for football. I mean, like I said, we went five and six, and uh, my parents actually drove down to watch the Ole Miss game, and they, my mom gets migraines, and those cowbells did a thing to her. I mean, it, it was – it's, it's a great college atmosphere, and like I said, you're you're with players so much that I guess that's how I, I adjusted to. I, I'm holding egg bowl trophy, egg bowl trophy right now, and even when the last day I, uh, last day I left, the uh, the, the assistants, the uh, coach Ball's assistant said, "You got to sit beside him one more time, take a picture, and hold it." Um, so I just you know you, you're with the players, you're with the coaches. And, that's how you get in. You, know, you buy into that program, and you, I mean, I still got. I get a little chill pumps just holding that trophy right now, just thinking about it. So, but uh, yeah, that's one of the most exciting things I've, I've done. Um, you talk about you know doing the internship and everything. How hard is it to climb the ladder in college athletics like that, especially in college football? Because I mean, I I've heard stories before about. I mean, you're. You're bunking with, you know, like yeah. you're in strength coaches. You're bunking with fellow strength coaches. Like you're not really getting paid. Like, I mean, you've literally got to just love what you do to get through it. That's funny thing you asked. Uh, one of our former football players reached out, Nolan Bissell. He's like, Coach, how do I, how do I, how do I get started? I said, where are you at? I said, you got a question him? I said, you got a great strength coach. You got a Hall of Famer. I said, use his connections. You know, Johnny Long used his connections to get you where you want to go. Um, and, uh, I mean, that's, that's what you got to do. You gotta, I mean, you have to sacrifice a lot. I, I went to the AFCA, the American Football Coaches Association Convention, drove down from Starkville, Mississippi to Orlando on my own dime and slept in the floor for four days just to be around coaches. Uh, passed my resume. I actually talked to Tommy Tuberville. But, I mean, you sort, of, you sort of just have to get on somebody's coattails and go with them. Yes, that means you may be moving a couple a couple of cities every four years, every three years, but you sort of just have to get on the coattails and, and go with them. And, you know, I, probably after Tennessee, I sort of just said, I want to have a life. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed it, but, you know, I, 
morning runs, I was there at 5 a.m. and I still, I didn't, I didn't want to go back to Morristown because I was living in Morristown. So I stayed down there until we got done lifting at 7 p.m. And, uh, you know, I still, like I said, I still talk to those guys. I still talk to Coach McKeefrey. I still talk to Coach Kane, Barry Kane. Uh, I talked to Lou about every other day. And, uh, you know, they still know I'm interested, but I just, you know, you know, I talked to Coach Bayless, but, uh, you know, they, they know I care and they, they, they'll help me out as much as they, they can. Uh, and that's the key thing. You know, we treat everybody like you want to be treated. And like Matt Bayless said, he goes, Adam, he goes, no, Dick, what's your first, what's your first name? I didn't know, I don't even know your name. Like when I left that, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, he goes, I'm like, I said, coach, my name's Adam. Said, oh, okay, no, Nick. And, you know, well, here, here's another story. I mean, I forgot about this one. I went to Lou Carella's uh, Georgia Tech strength clinic last year before he, I mean, he got let go. But sitting there signing up, and I'm at, looking at the table, looking at the paper. I hear, no neck. <laughs> I look down the hallway. It's Chad Smith. Chad Smith was a GA at Mississippi State um, at the time when I was there. And then, I mean, he's been in Southern Cal, he's been in South Florida, he was at Miami. So he came up to Georgia Tech, and, and you know, he, I haven't seen him since 2009. He just gave me a big old bear hug, like, I, I mean, we're best friends. Uh, and also at the same clinic, Coach Turner, David Turner, the line coach at Mississippi State, was the line coach at Georgia Tech. No, Nick, what are you doing here? I'm like, guys, what are y'all doing? Yeah, but, uh, and it's like connections. Uh, that's the biggest thing, so. Um, like I told Nolan Bissell, just ride the coattails of who you have I mean, and branch off, I think. And that's the key thing. I'll, I'll switch to another thing. Our kids at the cross-country track level, uh, they bought in. But you know, I told Nolan, I said, well, if you're going to train people, get outside the football spectrum. No offense to football. I mean, I love football, but uh, when you train, you, I mean, we go going from football to the track and field and what the weight room it's it's different special. It's all about functional mobility and movement instead of how much can you do something. And I told Nolan that too. I said, you, you, you get out, you know, don't don't worry about football. Try some other sports. And uh, go to clinics. How many clinics have we been to? We go to I was about to bring that up, how much we go and how much we spend and how much we talk on a daily basis. He and I talk more than he and his wife. Yeah. Okay, which is usually not a good thing when she calls you and says, leave him alone. But uh, we'll go there. But we, I mean, we spent four days in Boston this summer at a national summit, drove and, and flew in there, drove to Attleboro outside Foxborough and doing that. And all the coaches are there, some of the, of the greatest strength conditioning coaches there go to a summit. We're talking with Miami strength coach and TCUs and folks that work with the Boston area professional teams and there's just all these people there and we're making the we're networking like crazy and doing that just anything we can get from there we're both we're both uh, we're inaugural members of the National High School Strength Coaches Association we, we jumped into that that started and we took we took trips to Atlanta and uh, went to Indianapolis for there went to Nashville, so we've been to those different national conferences, making all those connections there with just hundreds of strength coaches in this area, and it it, it pays off. Just those people that you deal with, the people he talks about, all those things. You know, every time you can make a connection, you're just doing something to try to help your program. How about last October, we went down to South Carolina. South Carolina, I go down to strength. We go down. I, I took him to his first speed clinic. And doing that stuff, it's University of South Carolina. That's a, it's the Saturday that we're playing South Carolina. Oh no! <laughs> so we're talking so much smack. Mm-hmm. And doing, I'm, I apologize. I you, apologize. You left it's for the game, okay. right? We did not go to the game, and we left and watched it all, all the way back. The That's clinic good. was still going on during the game. Clinic was going they don't on. Care, we like, left. As long as, as long as you were yeah. out of there. Oh yeah, we're out of there doing that stuff, and we're seeing this on the way back. I'm going. We're so smart. We're so smart. We're not as a season ticket holder since the '80s. You know. For, for the University of Tennessee. But we go down and so the people are looking, the the Jamaican, the head of uh, track and field sprints for Jamaica's there. Uh, some guy named Boogie Johnson who coaches Delilah Muhammad and oh goodness, there's a couple there. What are some of those names we got? Uh, 
Lawrence Johnson, he, he coaches some guy, uh, some hurdler guy. It's pretty good. You know, From Jamaica? Uh, no, an American. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, if you can think of it, a couple of American hurdlers doing sure. stuff. So, Sidney McLaughlin's coach is there. Everybody there that was there and speaking at that, besides the University of South Carolina, South Carolina coaches, which is just amazing. I love those guys. And then I would sit anybody there. He, and Curtis just recently re- retired, but everybody there had a world champion they were working with. And so, that's the kind of networking we're doing. We're just hanging out with them, talking to them, and doing that stuff, and just pulling everything we can do. Anytime we do with that, their distance coach. I, I network with their distance coach at the University of South Carolina all the time doing that stuff. Network with our local coaches. I pull all their stuff out. I keep my enemies close and, uh, and going there. We just pull stuff and clean stuff. And how come you're doing this? And how come you're doing that? And, and all of a sudden, when we first showed up for our first meet, they said they were trying to. They were going, "Hey, yeah, you know, you know, this is going to start here and it's going here. We just don't run in a circle here. It's no nest." And they're giving me and said, "Hey, the sprint coach is here and and all that kind of stuff." And so now, all of those guys are most of them got fired or retired, to be honest. And so we're doing that. So we hope it's there. It's a good story, and we're costing them money. One of the two. So yeah. great story there with Dobbins Bennett about costing their coach a thousand dollars for our boys to qualify them all. So. So they get they get bonuses for qualifying people there. And Coach Swinney, poor soul, he didn't get a thousand dollar bonus for his boys to qualify. So I hated that for him. Yeah, I'm sure your heart broke. I, was, yeah, I stood with him the whole time after we got done. Just, <laughs> as you remember, you were asking me where I was standing that day doing it. That was Coach Swinney beside me. So we have some fun with him. How did this connection come about between you guys? Any goal? Kenny Cobble through the football office. You know, Kenny came through. I was one of the, the holdovers from uh, Justin's staff. You know, and so when Gut was here doing his stuff, Gut played baseball for me, okay, way back when. And we was 15, so I've coached everybody here at some point in time. I've coached something since I was 18 years old, so I've coached for over 40 years at some point in time and going there. And uh, so as you look through that, Coach Anderson was there. They were – they were there, and Kenny talked, came in talking, find out what's going on, found out sort of the things I do. I, I always try to do those little things nobody wants to do. I think that's important as an assistant coach, understanding as a head coach you've got to have this stuff, but as an assistant coach you've got to do those little things and make sure that your head coach can be a head coach. And so I did that quite a bit. He really appreciated those details behind the scenes, you know, the stats, the little things, all those things nobody else wants to do. The, the time management mm-hmm. stuff, you know, I do the clock, I'm the clock guy in the head kind of guy and those type of things. And so Kenny and I got along great. We had such a, a cool staff. We got along really, really well there for a while. And part of what we had, like you said, was Chad Cox at the time was helping us with the throws. Had come back from Morristown West and had come over here and uh, did that. Michael Manus had, had done some stuff with us as well and, and had some stuff just starting out with where he was at. Adam's here, young coach, doing that stuff, just getting his feet wet. Knew he had knew he had come back and uh, had thrown a little shot and discus back in the day and doing that stuff. And so I jumped in, okay, not real well, but he had thrown. All right, but uh, experience is experience. Yeah, but, but you know, it's there. And so we came through, brought him in, walked him through sort of what a program was. We found that we just kept researching program stuff like that. Found something we felt was really good, and uh, we networked and. Bought some stuff from some people, and we network with a guy out of uh, that works in Arizona and California. We can send him videotape right now. He'll do video analysis of our kids at this point today, and we just follow him and, and everything he does. And we just started growing the throws program and growing it and growing it. And I sort of do the same thing in our field events. The people I I live with and, and go find, you know, the same type of deal. Vince Anderson, who was Justin Gatlin's coach at the University of Tennessee. I've sat and, you know, had an adult beverage sitting with him just picking his brain about what he wants to do. Tim Mack, I'll pole vault. I worked with Tim Mack for six years, pole vault, you know, Olympic gold medalist. He's got a pretty good idea what he wants to do. Yeah. You know, he, he pulls all the stuff from this guy named Petrov, and he had, you know, he had a couple of those pretty good Russian pole vaulters. So, <laughs> so you know, just making those competitions and not being scared to go ask. I said anything else, and that's what Adam's not scared to do. We're not scared to do that stuff, and, and that's why we sort of mesh as, and there. We, we just bounce stuff off all the time. Right? What can we always get better? What can we always do? And it starts 
just after six o'clock every morning at some point in time we've sent something done something hey i saw this you do that kind of stuff and we're just always looking what'll work what won't work and so we sort of got the same mindset when it goes there so that's why i asked him to come with me when they said we can have a cross-country assistant coach for the first time i said well come on this way i can get that because it's not like we're paying him a lot to start with so um you mentioned you've been coaching something since you were 18 years old and on it to, to still be in it and still be as passionate. I mean, you've got to have some kind of passion, obviously, to still be in it and as entrenched in it as you are. What got you interested in wanting to coach in the first place, especially at such a young age? Early on, I did that. My father uh, coached here in locally and doing that. He was part of the he was part of a group that worked with uh, and set up in the Danish Little League football program. He was one of the founding members that set up the entire Jefferson City Little League program okay. doing that stuff. So there's a, there's a core group of about six gentlemen that helped put that together and their wives behind the scenes, stuff like that. I was always around it, did that stuff. Never played in the Little League program myself, did that stuff. Played through school, loved it, loved the easy part. Started coaching t-ball when I was in high school. I said, this is pretty cool working with kids <laughs> and doing that. So I came out of there, worked as I was in college, got invited to uh, – work just in like our at the time our youth baseball programs the 13 through 15s had to learn to be a head coach real quick the coach that was there I was just helping this guy out with his bunch he decided one day to leave and go back to Florida left me with this bunch I'm 18 years old and I'm coaching 15 year olds and so it was good that sounds like a challenge it was very much a challenge but it was pretty good I had Mark Moore was on my team uh, Johnny, the Jennings brothers, or Johnny, and all of those folks, and people you see in our trophy case every day. We were stacked athletically. I picked all the best athletes I could get, and we just tried to out athlete people. But just with that small of an age difference, though, I mean, how do you get? I'll, I'll be honest. I I tried that once with rec league stuff, and oh. it's hard. It, 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 getting that respect was about impossible. Oh, I was awful. Don't okay. trust me. Don't trust me. I was awful. I was, I had no respect whatsoever. You know, if I could, okay. I'm, at 18 years old, you're trying to be a cool guy for the 15 year olds, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we did there. So it took a while to do that. I went out and worked in the business world, did that stuff. Kept doing some stuff on the side, helping people out, coaching here and there. I was bouncing around, flying stuff, so I couldn't commit to it full time. Got there in early early 90s. I got to uh, um, company I worked with. I was a corporate manager at the time. Doing that, I was the number three person in a manufacturing plant in, more, in uh, Knoxville, and they were closing our plant. And so my choice was to go back to our home office in Racine, Wisconsin, or find something else to do. And I didn't want to go to Racine, Wisconsin. It's way too cold. <laughs> uh, below, I agree. Room, below room temperature, I'm miserable. I right. bet they don't wear flip flops in the winter. Not right? at all. <laughs> Trust me. You know, like some people I know, they go in there. So, not that I would ever mention that either. But uh, we go. Uh, so I get there. And I played baseball in youth league for Tommy Bettis, longtime principal at Murray Middle School, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I would helped him out with some of their youth teams and stuff like that. He said, he said, you might be making a lot of money, he said, but you need to do something. Go find something you love. And I was miserable. I worked all the time, had, had was making good money, nothing else going there. Coaching when I could get the stuff, some youth league stuff in the summer. Came back and started at Mari in 1992 and three. Started out at the middle school level. Worked my way through. Did some cool stuff. They they never won anything at Mari and doing that stuff. We just tried to bring a little different mindset in. We won a few championships there, here and there. I was fortunate to have some great kids in there at, at that point in time. Zach was Zach Reese that we talked about there. His his group at the time. One year we had a pretty good group. We'd lost one game in basketball. He was one of the managers, in fact. We had yeah, such a good group. I, I think I remember seeing that remember banner seeing up there when I was in Yeah, because I would always see Zach Reese up there. We had our boards and our managers. And we were so good, in fact, I played a group of ten that were just dominating everything around this area. And all of East Tennessee, to be honest, and doing that. And our managers were probably the third best team in the middle school conference that year. That's how good they were with Zach and, and Andy. We had Andy Chrisman, Ed Zach, and all those guys were our managers at that time. So they've all got those connections. and So just got into that stuff and making connections and going back. I'd always stayed in, in touch with baseball and doing that stuff. Helped Coach Del Monaco with pitching camps at UT, things like that. Down And just always kept some connections into Coach Drill and then just worked my way over here at some point. Done this here for 
16, 17 years at the high school level. So coached a little bit of everything. Somebody asked me today what I had coach. I said, I'm not coaching tennis. <laughs> I said, I'm not coaching golf. All right. Yeah, what's we've got golf, enough man? there, okay, <laughs> and doing that stuff in there. And I would break things if I did that. Coaching <laughs> golf is not good. All right. It's there. But uh, that, volleyball, a couple others. But I've coached you know, baseball, football, basketball, track and field. Now cross. Same thing that I asked him. I mean, is there a, is there a moment in time or any certain part of your journey that just kind of really sticks out to you? I guess more than anything else, all right, doing that is it's just what triggered me to start with, and that was my early on when I was a twelve year old, thirteen year old. I wanted to be on an athletic field at some point in time. My dad's cousin was the sports editor for the Citizen Tribune. So at the time, that's a bad word on this it, podcast. I know. Shh, don't say anything. All right. So, a, but Fred, Fred Williams, yeah, one. Fred Williams at the time, doing that. And old days, you just didn't do the media stuff like that. You went and ran and got the and go, got the players. I got to do that for him at the University of Tennessee, and go there. He'd say, "Go get me this one, this one, this one." He'd say, "Go get me Stanley Morgan, Connor Holloway, and da da da." And so that was the people I saw at the time. And I'm there. Bill Battles, a coach. I'm on statewide TV as a 12-year-old between <laughs> with John Ward and Bill Battle. I'm hooked for life. I'm done. And that was one of those things that really said, I want to always be involved in athletics. And so we were, you know, and so I was, as a 12-year-old, I'm sitting there chasing all these legends down, Mickey Marvin, Tim Irwin, all these people. And, you know, you get to statewide TV with Bill Battle and John Ward on each side of you as you're taking through that and getting you know, at the time, statewide TV, that's a pretty cool thing for a 12-year-old to get involved in. So I was just involved in that forever and ever. But just the, the thing about seeing kids be successful and doing that, and I thought it was all about winning for years and doing that stuff. Had a great story. Sam Anderson probably had more influence on what I do today. Legendary Austin East coach who I still talk to. I just talked to him last week at a meeting and doing that. And I heard Sam speak at a clinic. I mean, I've been to all kinds of clinics, basketball, you know. Heard Bobby Knight speak, you know, and doing it. And all kinds of just great coaches over the years. Sam Anderson said, the first time I quit worrying about winning, everything fell in place. When I put my focus on the kids and the program, that's just a part of it. And that's when he started winning state championships in the 90s at Austin East. He told a story about where he was worried about a kid and doing that and tough on him, stuff like that. And the kid, the kid, pretty much killed himself It's bad. It's a terrible story for him to do. And he said, I had to change what I thought was right. And he said, when I, when I started focusing on the program and the kids and what's right in your program, he said, you don't have to worry about winning anymore. It'll take care of itself. And so I've kept that philosophy forever. And so to this day, I told Sam, thank you last week again. That's awesome. I mean, that obviously still sticks out. I mean, I just talked to uh, – I mean, just talked to – Bo last week before they, Bo Lewis, girls basketball coach, before they started up their season, and he was talking about how you helped his girls run it. He said he had some girls that didn't know how to run, which I, the only thing that I can picture in my mind, I don't know if any of you guys ever watched Friends, but you know the episode of Phoebe running around flailing her arms about and stuff, yeah. that's the only thing that I could really think of as far as not knowing how to run. It's amazing what you do, it's what we broke down and how much better they got it in a few you know, and I was giving the girls a hard time. You know, I'm I'm reeling them in, doing that stuff. You know, doing that. And I said, you know, I told one. That's a recruiting tool for you. All, all day long. All right. Don't don't be fooled. Okay. Don't think I'm not in every soccer match in there. And for, for it's for a reason because I want I want them to be functionally. We want to be able to move and be great in their other sports. At the same time, it's helping our program to work with them. All right. We we're flexible with what they do. The girls are coming in and doing that stuff, and it's awful. There's, a, there's one girl I said, you look like an octopus falling out of a tree. All right? And so, I don't even know what that means. I mean, there's just all over the place. And so we're working on what's going there doing that stuff. Started with our track girls the same way. We do the same thing. If you saw what our cross-country guys looked like a few years ago, it was disgusting. All right? And so when you see them run today, they look like athletes, and they look athletic, and we do that. And if we can share that with any of them, you know, I'm going to go cheer those girls on every time. They're going to know what we're doing. And then we've got their back, and we're going to talk to them every day. Bring them cookies, you know, doing that stuff. Anything that we can do to make them feel like they're special and they're going to be successful in what they do. So 
we're excited about that every day, watching watching all those. You know, go watch the volleyball girls. Is there something we can do to help them? You know, can we work with your movements? And that's what we do. That's, that's the thing, just to be unselfish like that, I guess, because, I mean, yeah, you could say, no, I want to go home. My stuff's done for the day. But mm-hmm. to stick around and help, I think that that says – I think that says a whole lot because, I mean, that's that's your own time that you're giving up to help somebody else. But, I mean, obviously it means a lot to you to see these kids succeed. So it's a it's a pay-it-forward type of thing, and it comes back. It, you, you reap the benefits from it. It's not always money, but it's always good stuff. And, and if, you're, if your kids are reflecting what you expect in your program and they know that you care, if you can show concern no matter what program it is and stuff like that, it means something to them. Is that a big part of creating buy-in in, your, in, a, in, a, in a program like that? I mean, that's one thing I feel like a lot of people, you know, you look at football, you look at baseball, you look at basketball, but, you know, I, I kind of have to deal with this too. And, you know, you, you got some team track events, but you also got a lot of individual track events, you know. Uh, how, how do you create that buy-in individually for each, each, each person? First off, it's very simple what we tell them. We tell them there are. We don't hand out a list of rules. We don't have expectations. We got one thing. It's the same thing I do in my classroom from day one, and it's do the right thing. It's four words that take care of everything. There's only two answers to that: yes or no. So it's cut and dried. It's simple. We do that there. I don't put up with anything as far as your behavior stuff. And you have to make examples of some kids sometimes when you do that, all right? I'm not a big fan of the language in our, in our program. If I don't like what I hear, I will put you on the road. And they understand that. And they know we're going to hold them to those expectations no matter where we're at. We expect, we expect our athletes to thank the people that help them run their events. People notice that and doing that. Coach Cobble, speaking of, they're, uh, he's at Maryville at this point in time. We're at a meet at Maryville, and our kids go up after it's over with and they thank the judges, they thank the officials, they thank the starters for doing that stuff. Their athletic director makes a point to come, and I'm talking to Coach Cobble afterwards, his son's running. They make a point, the athletic director comes and says, it's amazing what you have your kids doing in your program and going to that. He's, as you said, they're a great example of what to, what to do right and doing that. So it's just what you expect. I think, I mean, that's the biggest thing that stood out to me with the football run this year. Mm-hmm. The culture with that team was just yeah. better is. than anything that I'd ever seen. And I think mm-hmm. on what you're speaking on, culture can go such a long way in how successful Absolutely. you can be. Especially long-term success, too, yeah. year after year. That's one thing. Um, you've been able to do so well. I mean, year after year, it's you know, success after success, and it's just that, that culture. So. I looked at a picture yesterday. I looked at our 2016 team. It's just some random pictures were popping up that I had in my file. I'm looking through there, and I'm going through the four pictures, and there's 24 kids that went to the state meet in those pictures, you know, in that one team and doing that stuff. You know, we we took 17 that year just to the state, and there were others. Dominic's in there, state champion is in there, and we've got Mm -hmm. all these folks that were were in that program, and and it just becomes an expectation. Are you going to follow in their footsteps? you know, we just keep reminding them. We we look at the past, but you can you can never okay keep doing what you do in the past. There's we do nothing like we did ten years ago as far as our training and stuff like that. It's so much different, but our expectations are the same. That's that's the big difference. Last thing I got: um, Are you going to build your own trophy case in the lobby? Because I mean, you already kind of filled up the one that they've got. We're having issues with that right now. <laughs> going there. We've got a few we haven't got in yet and doing that. So. We'll just call it the build alone. Yeah, let's say you got, there's like there's one whole panel that's just pictures. I mean, it, half of them from people that were here when I was here. Yeah, uh, so he, you know. 2014 to 2017, that time. Uh, Bryson, he was. Tom Kosky, Abby Bateman, all those people, that's all those group. strong In people. In fact, I was yeah. looking at, you know, when you mm-hmm. saw that and you went through that kind of stuff. You and, know, yeah, you got, you got that whole whole panel through there. Bryson and was unfortunate enough to, you know, have me in class as well. I so did. He went yeah, he, I, I'm, the one, I'm the one person that's coaching at Jefferson County that didn't come directly from a pro. He was my math coach. Right. Uh, I, I, I didn't I didn't do the whole running thing. I was, he, he learned you I was had to a, do that two plus two thing. I was a golfer. I was a I was a tennis player. I didn't I didn't run. I was not a I was not a runner. 
Uh, Brimer, Brimer trying to get me to do hurdles when I was a freshman. I looked at him and I laughed and I walked away. Young Brimer or old Brimer? Young Brimer. Because they're both still here. Young Brimer, young Young Brimer. He tried to get me to do hurdles. I I did cross country. I I, I did. did. I did cross country at Maury. I I made a lot of improvements, but after that was my, that that was when I decided that running was not for me. He made a great life choice with golf. (laughs) That's can just say rate his running style. Just say running. Running was not not for me mentally. I think that that's where it was, which is you know. a big part of it. That's where you yeah. improve the most mentally. So yeah, his running style was designed for a car. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Guys, thank y'all for coming on. Oh, this has been it. this mm-hmm. has been awesome. Uh, pro- might be my favorite episode yet. I'm not really sure. Been good, but, man, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Congratulations on the success you've had with cross country. Look forward to that continued success with track coming up. Oh, yes. uh, I know you guys have got to be excited about that. Already started. I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> We got to get some bumper music for this show. Oh, you yeah, think you yeah. can look uh, look into I'll that? I'll, 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 I'll break out the piano. And okay, I'll, well, uh, I don't know about all that. Good, so. hey, I was thinking hey, of royalty free. I took piano lessons when I was in elementary school. I'll be okay. <laughs> sing happy birthday to the basketball. I'll even, hey, I'll even about sing. Yeah, I'll sing in there if you want me to. Oh, yeah. All right. Guys, thank you all for listening. Uh, truly, it's an honor to us. Uh, you know, anybody, I, you know, I've got several people, they'll reach out. They'll say, you know, hey. Love what you're doing with the podcast. You know, people that want to come on, you know, we're going to have more and more guests. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being a part of it because we truly do this for Jefferson County High School and and its athletics just to continually promote them in a new way. So thank you from the bottom of our heart. Truly means a lot. Um, With that said, until next time.